0: Hello and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's podcast. My name's Daniel and I'm one of the pastors here. This week it's my turn once again to read the next chunk of Matthew and then on Sunday I'm going to be unpacking a bit about what this chunk is all about. Um, So this week we are going to be reading chapters 11, 12 and 13 and I'm going to be reading this from the New Living Translation. So what's just happened in the story is that Jesus has sat his 12 disciples down and he's given them instructions on how they're to go out and spread the kingdom of God and basically do all of the stuff that he's been doing. So here we go. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah that we've been expecting or should we be looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of a man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. All who have ever lived, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah." The one the prophets said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. To what can I compare this generation? It's like children playing a game in the public square. square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs, but you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you said, Oh, he's possessed by a demon. The son of man. Now, the son of man is the word that Jesus used to refer to himself. The son of man, on the other hand, he feasts and drinks and you say, oh, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its result. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns where he had done so many miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. What sorrow awaits you? "'Corazin and Bethsaida, for if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, "'their people would have repented of their sins long ago, "'clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. "'I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. "'And you, people of Capernaum, will you be honoured in heaven? "'No, you will go down to the place of the dead.' For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. "O oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and I will, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, about that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off some heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested, Look, your disciples, they're breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to them, Haven't you read in the scriptures that David did when his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and he and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that priests, uh, that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of the scriptures. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath." Then Jesus went over to the synagogue, where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, Does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping that he would say yes, so that they could bring charges against him. And he answered, If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. And so the man held out his hand and it was restored, just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. But Jesus knew what they were planning. So he left that area and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant who I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and I will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets all of his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and he replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, then what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. One day some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. And Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of a great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. The Queen of Sheba will also stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. What an evil spirit... When an evil spirit lives in a person, it goes into the desert. I'm going to start that again. When an evil spirit leaves a person... It goes into the desert, seeking rest but finding none. And then it says, I will return to the person I came from. And so it returns and finds its former home empty, swept and in order. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my mother and my sister and my brother. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into the boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted up quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. And when you see what I do, you, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear. And their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, and so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in a field. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and then slipped away. And When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went out to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed, it's full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. ''Should we pull out the weeds?'' they asked. ''No,'' he replied. ''You'll uproot the wheat if you do. ''Let both grow together until the harvest, ''and then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, ''tie them into bundles and burn them, ''and put put the wheat in the barn.'' Here's another illustration Jesus used. ''The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. ''It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. ''It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches.'' Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. And this fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house and his disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, The son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burnt in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in the field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for a choice pearl. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. And when the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down and sorted the good fish into the crates and threw away the bad ones. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. Then he said... Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings his, brings from his storehouse new gems of truth as well as old. And when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When, when he taught there in the synagogues, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? And then they scoffed, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live here right among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them, A prophet is honoured everywhere except in his hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Okay, that's it for this week. I hope you can join us this coming Sunday as we unpack that and see what God has to say to us. You can find out all the details about how to join us on our website, www.glostervineyard.org.